listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. So good. Hey, while you're standing, come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. We love Him. We appreciate Him. He made a way for us, and uh, I'd love you also to put your hands together for your great pastors, Pastor Steve and Rowena. Come on, you can do better than that. Laid their lives down to build this great church. How good. And why don't you just look at the person next to you, just look in their eyes and clap and cheer. Come on. Go the other side, be a little louder. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, you can understand that people go where the celebrated, not tolerated. And this church is a church of celebration. We celebrate each other. We celebrate the gifts, the talents that sit inside people. We celebrate the character that's inside people. And uh, it's a good thing to do that. So come on, why don't you just now give them a hug and tell them that you're uh, excited to be sitting next to them. And uh, if you find someone across from you that didn't get a hug, then don't be afraid to walk across the aisle. Love on them. You can grab a seat. It is a great privilege to be back here at this great church. I love this place. I love your pastors. It's an honor to be here. Your pastors are are in our world all the time. Literally, there wouldn't be a week go by where I wouldn't get a phone call from Pastor Steve and appreciate his friendship and his oversight to what we're doing down there. A lot of our success is because of uh, their input into our lives. And so thank you so much for releasing them at times to be able to come and, uh, you know, just even the phone calls honestly bring life. It's a good thing. So uh, Game Changer Church, we just had our first birthday a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember, it was, uh, you know, know, maybe two and a half, three years ago when uh, I was with you in that school, uh, when you used to be meeting in that school and uh, said, hey, we got a dream. Uh, And uh, well, we're living the dream right now. And uh, it is, uh, you know, a lot is to do with your prayers. So I want to say thank you. But hey, uh, enough of that. Let's come around the Word of God. I'm excited because I believe that today uh, it's going to be a message that's going to speak to so many people uh, in this place. My battle with darkness. Because the reality is that every one of us wakes up and there's a fight. We wake up and there is a real fight that's going on. And uh, I got to say this, that I want you to be victors. I don't want you to be victims. Sometimes we get knocked down, but come on, we got to get up. We've got to face this thing. We've got to overcome. And guess what? I read the end of the book and we win. That's the good thing. And uh, I want to talk about this because so often this conversation, this topic doesn't want to get talked about. wants to get it swept under the carpet. Let's not talk about that. But we want to do that today. We want to talk about it. We want to get real with this and get strategies to overcome when we have darkness come against our lives. It was about two weeks ago, Halloween. Uh, you'd drive down the street and homes would be decorated. I mean, I saw giant spiders. I saw, uh, you know, 20-foot uh, skeletons standing up there. It was, it was a, a real thing, graveyards in backyards. Anyone, any of those people that dress up their houses and no one wants to admit to that in the house of God? Okay, um, what do you expect on Halloween? Well, people dress up as uh, all sorts of things, ghosts, witches, uh, and they walk the streets begging for candy. 
Uh, in fact, uh, in our main street of Frisco, they had a zombie walk. It was just like, dress up a zombie and walk down the street. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, it was, I mean, it was all going on, right? You see, I've seen a few movies, right? I mean, some of you woke up, rolled over, ow, zombie, right? I don't know if you ever had that happen. Never, never, never. So what I want to do today is I actually want to talk about ghosts. I want to talk about demons. I want to talk about the reality of their effects on our lives. And so, Father, we just step right now into Your presence and we ask God that You speak to us. I haven't come just to bring information, motivation, but Father, I come to bring revelation, Father, to bring transformation. In the name of Jesus, I bind every uh, spirit, Lord God, that would want to bring distraction, Father, to, to, to stop what you want to do, the reality of the effects it has on our lives. But Father, give us the tools, the weaponry to overcome, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 coming up on the screen. A final word, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on all the, of God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, and against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the day when the time of evil comes. So we have the Apostle Paul painting a picture for us right now, making it very clear that we have an enemy. An enemy that's out there to, uh, I guess, destroy us. That enemy is called the devil. Now, understand there is two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of Satan. One is the kingdom of light. The other one's the kingdom of darkness. Obviously, the kingdom of light is God's kingdom and the kingdom of darkness is Satan's kingdom. The kingdom of God is life and the kingdom of Satan is death. The kingdom of God is for you and the kingdom of Satan is against you. That's something you need to know. Now, where did this all take place? Well, there was a, uh, an archangel that uh, was in charge of uh, worship. Uh, incredibly beautiful, uh, great worship. His name was Lucifer. And what happened was is that uh, he got filled with pride uh, and uh, he was literally cast out of heaven. I'm just speeding this all up. A third of the angels went with him uh, and uh, sent to earth with a future punishment that was in store for his life. Uh, now, he's been given a number of different names. Now, first of all, let's just understand Satan, the most common name, meaning adversary. Uh, the devil, meaning the slanderer. Lucifer comes from the Latin word meaning morning star. It can be literally translated as a light uh, bringer. Uh, he's also known as the Prince of Darkness, describes his rule, uh, his rule as the ruler of darkness. Other names, father of lies, the enemy, the thief, the evil one, the deceiver, the tempter. And my dad calls him, the, uh, uh, he calls them old hairy legs. <laughs> I don't know why he does that. He has the old hairy legs just attacked me last night and I was like, okay, they're great. We'll just have a shave. And uh, uh, See, in the Western world, they do not want to talk about this thing, this topic. They want to kind of sweep it under the carpet, as I've said beforehand. And, uh, but it's something that people are kind of intrigued with at the same time. In fact, you know, there's kind of a bit of curiosity that goes on today. Uh, and I want to just talk about the reality of that. 
I'd love to show of hands in this place. If anyone has ever seen a ghost or a demon, and I'm not talking about on Halloween where someone's dressed up, and a, but seen that or felt the effects of some demonic thing in their lives, all right? A few hands have gone up around the room here, uh, but uh, the reality is, is that uh, it is more real than you think. Uh, haunted houses, we, we dress up the houses at Halloween, but are they real? Well, I remember the first time I, when I moved to uh, a certain part of Australia to plant a church, uh, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who had another friend, an affluent couple. Uh, they said, you need to go and visit them. Uh, they're having some issues. And so I go over to the house there and I sit down with them. They talk about their toddlers. It was an affluent couple. Uh, they were a very, very nice home. Uh, but they talk about their toddler would wake up in the middle of the night and would have conversations with a man. And they would sit in there listening to him and just, this is a bit strange, but they would be playing uh, with toys and then uh, they didn't think much of it at the time, thought, okay, they're going to grow out of this. But then this man was telling this child what to do, uh, things that shouldn't be doing and was blaming the old man that was showing up and uh, they said, we, we don't know what to do. And uh, I said, I know what to do. That's not of this world. It's something that can be dealt with. We went into that room, we prayed over that room, and uh, in the name of Jesus, and what happened was, is that the parents testified from that point on, this man never showed up, that kid slept all through night, and didn't, uh, wasn't sleepy for the rest of the day. Uh, I've had other situations where uh, people have asked me to come to the house where they would have entities show up, putting pressure on them, and uh, you know, just incredible things going on, where we've stepped in, prayed over the houses, and uh, whatever darkness was in that place, left that place. So understand this, is that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. Now I've had people say, well, what if it's a good ghost that shows up? Well, let's just think about this, because typically ghosts come to bring fear and, uh, bring, and scare people, right? And so uh, is the kingdom of God a kingdom of fear? Come on, help me out here. It's not at all, right? So that would obviously mean it's from the kingdom of darkness. So therefore, there's no such thing as a good ghost. Well, there is one good ghost and it's the Holy Ghost, right? That's the one that we need to be, uh, I guess, uh, you know, having relationship with. But it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Satan himself masquerades around like a, an angel of light. Uh, even uh, another translation, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Another translation, King James, says that Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. He's a master. He's a master of putting on a mask, uh, clothing, to, to kind, kind of look like he's God or look like it is God when it's not really. He's, a, he's the great deceiver that deceives us into thinking something is God when it's not. Now, you may have seen television programs where someone called up Ethel, uh, Grandma Ethel, and uh, Grandma Ethel knows the details of your family and can talk uh, about things that only your family knows, and you're convinced that Grandma Ethel has come back from the dead to speak. That's not Grandma Ethel. That's a dark presence that's actually speaking. See, what the enemy does, he does very well, is study us. He studied you since you were a little baby through to where you are today. And so they show up bringing that. See, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. 
And so no verse of the uh, devil, there, there is no life, there's no love, there, there, there is no, uh, I've got the best for you. No, no, no. All he wants to do is rob, kill, and destroy your life. That's what it's all about. Uh, so, so, you know, when he shows up, temptation. Uh, temptation, come on. I mean, I mean the, the, the wicked witch shows up to Snow White with this blood red apple. It looked good on the outside, but on the inside it's poison. And that's what the enemy does. He shows up and, and he presents something that looks really, really good. Oh man, you're in the back of the field with all those people at school and it's like, man, if you have a puff on this, man, come on, just take a puff on this and you know what, uh, you're going to be cool, man, you're going to be accepted, you'll get that girl, you'll, you'll get that guy, you, you, you'll get to all the parties and you'll be the man, right? But what you don't realise, you take a puff, that's just the journey towards bad health, right? The journey to addiction, right? That's what the enemy, he doesn't present that stuff to you. Oh, well, what if, what if I just have sex outside of marriage? Well, that could end up to maybe temporal uh, fulfillment, but can lead to guilt, condemnation, uh, heartbreak, divorce, hatred, pain, loneliness, poverty, sickness, brokenness, uh, a loss of influence, unwanted pregnancy, and unwanted disease. I mean, these things are stuff that the enemy never presents to us. And we've got to remember what happens is that, you know, in Jesus uh, before he steps out into ministry, what happens is, is that the enemy, uh, you know, he, I mean, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness and for 40 days he's tempted by the devil, right? And at the end of it, it says this, the devil took him to a high place and uh, while he was up there, he said to him, hey, you can have all these kingdoms. If you just bow down to me, I'll give you all this influence, Come on, you're going to be popular, you'll have power, but you just got to bow down to me. Uh, and so even Jesus went through this stuff. You go through this. Jesus went through this stuff, but Jesus overcame. And if he can overcome it, he's given us the tools in his word to overcome this stuff. That's what we've got to remember. He's the father of lies. And uh, he just wants to rob us from everything. Uh, that's what he wants to do. Now, uh, there is this extremity where everyone says, you know, uh, it, 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 the demon's everywhere. It's like, man, that, that pen. Oh, man, the devil's attacked me today. Uh, ran out of ink in my pen. No, 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 you just ran out of ink in your pen. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you don't understand. I was driving down the road, ran out of gas. The devil's attacking me today. No, there wasn't. You just forgot to fill up the tank, right? Not everything's a demon, but at the same time, they're, they're actually, the enemy's attacking us more than we uh, can understand. So, so let's just have a look at a particular story. Uh, I'm going to just paraphrase this story just for time's sake. Uh, Mark chapter 5 is a moment where Jesus, he, he'd taken the disciples in a boat to the other side, the middle of the lake. There's a big storm. They get through the storm. Peace be still. That's that story. They get to the other side. And when they park the boat, uh, drop the anchor, a man comes running out. Crazy man. Uh, uh, they kind of paint a picture that he was naked, he was crazy, he would howl uh, like dogs, he would cut himself with stones. Uh, he was demon-possessed and he came begging to Jesus, don't torture me now. And, and Jesus said, come out of him. It's part of what Jesus did. Uh, cast the demon out of him and, uh, and they, they just begged, uh, please don't send us to the abyss right now. Uh, send us into the pigs. And so Jesus cast them into the pigs. The pigs ran down the hill. Uh, it's probably where their first statement, pigs fly, because they went off a cliff and some, you know, I guess someone on a boat saw pigs coming off. Pigs fly. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, 
I mean, at that moment, I mean, while in that conversation, he asked them, what's your name? I mean, Jesus said to the demon, what's your name? He said, Legion, for we're many. So, so this is a man that's possessed by a devil. Now, uh, can, this kind of brings up the question a lot of people ask, can a Christian have a demon, right? I'll answer that really shortly. Uh, when it comes to possession, I don't believe that too many possessed people survive in Western cultures. Typically, they'll get thrown in prison. Uh, they'll get put into uh, a psych ward, into a hospital. They'll get locked down because they just don't survive around the place. Go to third world nations. You'll see more of that stuff. Uh, but but uh, I guess ask the question, can a Christian have a demon? I don't believe a Christian can be demon possessed, but I do believe a Christian can be oppressed. It's completely different uh, when, when, when it's not like, possession means that in complete control. But oppression means that they attach themselves. And I kind of, for me, it's kind of like a little monkey that's kind of climbed up and grabbed a hold of uh, the body and doesn't want to let go. And maybe it's got a hold of your head. Uh, it's strangling your head to create um, depression, anxiety, or, or to whisper lies into your world. Uh, but but just, just understand this. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 27, it says, do not give the devil a foothold. And if you've ever been climbing, uh, it's important that you have some footholds if you want to get anywhere. It's pre pretty hard to climb somewhere just using your you know, two arms. You've actually got to have a foothold to be able to push yourself up. And so often what happens is, as believers, uh, as human beings, as we give the devil footholds, to, to be able to get attached to our lives. In fact, uh, now, we, we've got to be in church. That's why you've got to be in there. I love the preaching of your pastor, of being in the house of God, and making sure your kids and teenagers and young adults are in the house of God. Come on, we've got to get in the house of God, get the oil of God on us, so that when the devil does attach, we just slip off and uh, come straight off our lives. But, but the thing is this, is the enemy is going to come. There's a target on your life. I don't know the time, I don't know the hour, but he is going to show up. And he's probably at the moment waiting at the door. He says, I don't want to be in there right now. They're talking about me. I don't know. But just understand that he's waiting for the opportune time to get a hold of your life. And so today I want to ask the question, how do you give access to demons? If we can be oppressed, and I'm going to say this, you know what? I can be oppressed, even as a pastor, as a preacher. I can give access to this. I want to know how I give access so that I can close the door to that stuff. I want to make it really clear today, I'm not here to bring any fear. It's not what it's about. The good news is this, is that God's given us His information. And no matter what age you are, the way you're young or old, there is no fear because we're going to show you the good news of how we can have victory. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 10, verses 19, I've given you authority to tramp, trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm you. Come on, put your hands together. I've given you all authority. And so know this, no matter what age you have, the authority to say to the devil, back off in Jesus' name. But let's answer the question, how do we give access to, the, to darkness in our lives? Number one uh, is ignorance. I just kind of, as I was putting this together, I could hear religious Roger from my Presbyterian and Baptist days saying, well, you don't want to talk about the stuff because you don't want to glorify the devil. 
Well, actually, what you've got to understand is that we actually, in, in sweeping it under the carpet, what happens is ignorance uh, slips in. And in 2 Corinthians 2, 11, it says, to keep Satan from taking advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his schemes. So, so a very wise commander of an army understands that I need to study my enemy because if I can study the enemy, I know his schemes, I know his ways, I know his weaponry. And if I know that, then I'm ready. I'm alert. I'm ready to, to ensure that I'm ready to go. And so today, I want to paint the picture, understand his schemes and his ways so that we have the advantage. Uh, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Um, and so the devil wants you to stay ignorant about his ways. In your ignorance, you give him the advantage, but on the other side, your understanding and your alertness to what he's doing gives you the advantage. And so uh, the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So let's find out. So ignorance will give access. Number two is giving into sin. Giving into sin gives access to darkness into our lives. Let's show hands in this place if you've ever sinned before. Come on, now, if someone next to you didn't put their hands up, uh, come on, we can, we can work this through. But we've all lied, we've all stolen, we've all messed up, broken into the Ten Commandments. Uh, we, me and my wife, before we were engaged, and while we were engaged, we used to uh, serve in a juvenile detention centre. Uh, you know, teenagers that uh, couldn't go to adult prison, so they had these juvenile centres where they were locked away. Uh, we went to the place, we would preach, we would do Bible studies with them, we would disciple week in, week out. And uh, a number of them that we dealt with uh, were, uh, I mean, these students would tell us they were addicted to burgers. Now, when I say burgers, we're not talking about burgers, uh, like many of us in this room are addicted to burgers, um, but burglaries. Uh, the rush for them to break into a car and drive off, it was addicting. The, the, the adrenal rush that they had to, to break into a house that was addicted to, to bergs, as they would say. And uh, it didn't just, they didn't just wake up one day going, I'm going to rob a house, I'm going to rob a bank or whatever it is. No, 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 it probably started out early in their life where they stole a cookie from the cookie jar, right? I'm saying you can't have that, but you snuck in the toolkit, got away with it, and you know what? That led to a, you know, maybe taking some money from mum and then stealing chocolate bar at the gas station, and that led to something a little bigger that went to something a little bigger. Next thing you're doing cars, and each time you give into that stuff, you give a greater foothold for the enemy in your life. So, so the, every one of us has sin that we love to return to. And every time we go back to that stuff, a greater foothold for the enemy gets into that place of our life. And so if we're returning to that stuff, what we're doing is we're giving greater footholds uh, for the enemy in our life. Number three, uh, getting, giving them access is through traumatic events. Traumatic events can give access, major accidents, abuse of any kind, death, uh, intimidation. They can give uh, access to the enemy. Number four, participating in idol worship or any form of witchcraft. Now, Old Testament, New Testament, Scripture is pretty clear about this. Revelation 21.18, it says, Those who practice witchcraft, idol worship, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Now, this is, I mean, this is pretty uh, intense, this, but we're going to understand that witchcraft 
uh, can have extremities. Uh, I, I mean, if anyone's ever uh, placed curses on people, uh, using warlocks or witches, these extremities played with Ouija boards, but, but even uh, tarot cards, palm reading, uh, turning to star signs, they may seem harmless, but actually, once again, you're just giving footholds for the, for the enemy uh, in our lives. And I remember at school, kids that would say, hey, let's, after school, let's come back to my house, we'll, we'll do a Ouija board. Dabbling in this stuff opens doors in our lives. Number five is generational curses. Generational curses, Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion, yet He does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Have you ever heard the statement, like father, like son? It's, it's interesting that, you know what, you can have a family that has a generational curse of sickness. It's just like they're always in hospital. They've always got some sickness in the place, and it just seems to be on all the generations. It's a, typically a generational curse. You can have a generational curse of poverty. It could be a generational curse of drama, man. You get around some families, there's always drama in that space. Now, I say all that stuff. These are how we give access but I just want to say this, it's time you deal with your demon. Well, I'm going to say like this, you've got to deal with your demons. And you've got to think about it like this. It, 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 come on, American football, you, you, you're given a ball and the idea is you've got to get to the other end of the field and uh, you've got to run, you've got to get to the touchline. It's simple as that. But, but you've got to understand that there's an opposing team that is marking you off. And you know what? It's not going to be easy. Understand that God has put in your hands a calling, a destiny. And, and you know what? On the other side, uh, God wants you to get to the other side. But there is an, an opposing enemy. It's the devil and his demons. And they marked you off. They're going to stop you from getting from where you're meant to, or you are to where you're meant to get to. And uh, so that's why we've got to deal with this stuff. Uh, in our lives. So how do we break the power of darkness over our lives? Well, number one, we've got to wake up to what the devil's doing. It says uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And so if you're struggling to believe at times, understand, come on, he, he's the one that, that, that does this to us. If I, if I could have some nice music behind us as we kind of pull this together, draw this together, but... It comes down to us making a decision. You know, we're gonna wake up to the reality of this stuff. And when we awoken to this stuff, I need to take responsibility. So if I've been involved in stuff I know I should not have been involved, if I've given the enemy footholds in my life, then what's really important for us to do is recognise it, take responsibility for it. As simple as that. Number two is we repent when we give up any involvement in witchcraft. Now, there may not be people in this room that is involved in witchcraft. But I tell you this is that, you know what? Maybe in your past, you have had dealings, you've dabbled. And the enemy just says, you know what, it's, it's, you know, it's okay, just sweep it under the carpet. But maybe you've given a foothold. Maybe that anxiety that you've been holding on to, 
Maybe that sickness, maybe that drama is because at some point in your life, you gave access to that stuff. The good news is this, is that, you know what? Through prayer, repentance to start with, and literally, there's a a word that's called renounce, which just simply means to give up. Gets us free. The final point is this. I believe that God is about to do something significant in people right across this room. People are gonna get free of some stuff. You're gonna walk out today, your mind is gonna be clearer, a little more focused. Number three is get prayer from spiritual authority. We kind of spoke about this yesterday with the men. But in 2015, I went through a mental health season. I'll just say it like that. It was a bad situation. And I went to see a counsellor, that helped. I took some time out because I wasn't taking time out and that was help. One of the greatest things I did is I found myself at the feet of someone that had spiritual authority over my life and they laid hands upon me. They took authority of the spirit of darkness that was trying to rob me of my, my future. In fact, rob me of that present time. And I remember in the name of Jesus, I command this thing to come off you. Man, I just felt freedom come off me at that particular time. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And there are times you need to have a man or woman of God that grabs a hold of you. In the name of Jesus, be free. Whatever you're wrestling with right now, Maybe it's, let me just step down, come a little closer to you. But there may be that sin that, it's just like, man, I just keep returning that sin. I hate myself for it, but I find myself in that place and I, come on, stop trying to fight the stuff in the flesh. Get free of that stuff today. Maybe there's a generational thing that you know, you see on your kids and you know it's on you. You look back in history and it's on them as well. God wants to set you free today. He wants to get that thing off your life. Stop being chained up and calling it normal. Stop calling your bondage life. There is freedom for you. It's freedom for you today. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 